This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up? What's happening, guys? It is Thursday night for you podcast listeners. This will be a Friday morning edition for you. I'm excited about the angle that we have on the podcast tonight because I think it's a unique night in terms of uh, who we're talking to and what we're talking about. I think sometimes as we lead up to this, I try to get as many good voices on this podcast as possible. Uh, People that I think do the right kind of work, do the right kind of study and bring to you a perspective that is unique and you can learn something from before we hit the draft. We have had Mike Krupka on uh, to to do a draft. One of our, I think it was on the third version of our mock draft live. I think he did that one where we were still coming to a consensus about players. So Mike is obviously not unfamiliar to you on this podcast. Uh, He does a great job on his Twitter feed with clip threads of, of various players of, of draft position, guys that you would consider at 26 and guys you would consider at pick 255. He does it all. Now he can't get to everybody. He's a, he's got a great day job. He's got a, he's got a life to live and he's out in Hawaii and he can only do so much. But uh, I always tell Mike that I reference back to when the Browns pick Sheldrick Redwine and you know, I'm, I'm pretty into this stuff. And I was like, uh, who is Sheldrick Redwine? And Mike had mentioned him before the draft uh, so I was like, okay, this guy's pretty serious, man. He knows what he's doing. So I'm pumped about that. Before we bring Mike in, I do want to remind you about a couple things. We're doing the OBR's big board version of what the Browns are the most interested position by position. Now this gets a little tricky. At the end of the whole thing, we're going to do a top 50 of player interest for the Browns. But obviously we're doing a top five quarterback, a top five edge those are different level of interest for the browns while we're doing quarterback we would list five maybe seventh round or undrafted guys uh we we definitely have maybe 10 edge guys who could be on the top 50 player list so it's a little tricky how we're putting it together like you know we've done offensive line and tight end the last three days not a bunch of high interest guys of big names but we're doing um wide receiver for tomorrow and obviously there's going to be more than five wide receivers who are going to be in the top 50 so there's some give and take going on there it'll clear up by the end of this thing when we do our top 50 the day before the draft it's just you know wednesday now so check that out if you can and get a feel for some of these prospects we think the browns will be interested a reminder about that and before we dig into this pod because i don't like rushing this at the end Make sure you're subscribed to this YouTube channel so you get pinged when we go live. And please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast channel, OBR Film Breakdown. Uh, Greatly, greatly appreciated. And also, while you're at it, give us that one-month 
uh, $1 trial for the OBR website where you get film breakdowns, you get draft insights from, from Steven, uh, who does some of the best draft work in the entire Cleveland area, in my opinion. He's, he's, he might be the, the guy uh, putting in more work than anybody else. You get the inside information from Lane and Brad. You get the film rooms from myself. It's a collective group doing great things with Fred Greetham, beat writing, and so on and so forth. Check us out. We appreciate that support. So now that I've done all the self-pimping I can do, I want to bring in my friend, Mike Krupka. How are you? Jake, what's up, man? Aloha. And uh, Yeah, and listen, man. We, we've gotten snow the past two days here in central Ohio. So I, I know maybe this is news to some of you. Maybe I don't Mike not even wants to you know, but he is coming back to Ohio at some point and leaving that beauty behind. And I got to tell you, we're in the third spring right now, bro. You remember it. You definitely remember it. We're in like that. We got two teases of actual spring, and now we're hitting that that, that third winter uh, before we get to our to our, to our our good weather. So um, I tasked Mike with the challenge of not giving me names that we know. We've talked about so many people. And listen, later on, we're going to talk with Mike about guys that he has sent me before anybody else. And that's not me pumping up Mike's ego or anything crazy. Like last year, he was talking to me about Rashad Bateman. Last year, he was talking to me about this defensive end transition player, Joseph Masai from Texas. And he's talked to me ad nauseum about uh, – um, Hafanga, the safety from what? Tell me this first name, Talafoa. I believe it's uh, Talanoa. Talanoa. Okay, Talanoa Hafanga. Um, listen, he's talked about these players for a while, so I want to give him a platform to do it. But before we do so, I want him to talk about some sleeper players that maybe names you have not heard of, but could be guys the Browns are interested in late. I will give the caveat. Mike knows. I know. You know. Hopefully, by now listening to this pod. Some of these guys are at the age threshold. They either have turned 23 just recently or have turned 23 before the se- are going to turn 23 before the season. We we think we know Andrew Barry's guidelines, but they could bend here. They could get flexible on p- people they really like in a draft season where they maybe couldn't get all the homework done that they wanted to get done and they just like somebody and if they just turn 23, maybe it's not the end of the world. So I do want to get some of these guys named. I know myself and Steven will put out a list next week of guys who if we ignored the age guardrail whatsoever these guys we really like but you can't always do that you have to look at the data but i wanted to get these names out there and i think mike's got a great list here so i'll go one by one with you and and throw these photos up and you can talk about them mike go ahead with uh zach mcpherson here from from uh texas tech cornerback heck yeah so i luckily somehow stumbled into an invitation to go watch the uh, the hula bowl out here and that was the first time i got to see mcpherson play and i think on the first snap that i watched him play from up you know way up in the stands he had a, a one-handed interception and all the scouts that were over to the side let out a collective like ooh. and i turned to one of the guys and was like that guy can play he's like dude that guy can play and so that's what really first turned me on to, to mcpherson and then i went back in and i studied the data and I mean, not only did I say the data, but I went through all of his snaps from 2020 and the mm-hmm. dude can, can play multiple positions. He's played safety. He played in the slot. He played on the outside predominantly. Uh, he's played special teams. Um, he just has a knack for finding the football, whether he's intercepting the ball, whether he's getting his hands on the ball, uh, he can come downhill and, and run support. And I think the, the thing that I noticed as well is in talking with some other people, I believe and we, we got further confirmation of that today from Joe Woods' conference, right? You know, he wants to play the dime package. He's going to want to play with a lot of different cornerbacks uh, and safeties. I think he said three and three. Uh, what what I also have heard is that, you know, he likes guys that can flat foot 
And so McPherson can do that, and you see it on tape. He can he can play in the zone. He can play in man. And uh, just really impressed with his game overall. And uh, I think everyone that has said anything about him has had good things to say. He graduated early. He went to grad school. Just a really good person, um, a good leader on the field. And so, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at guys who are going to kind of take us outside of the rails, he would be the guy that I would say has a lot of value in our scheme, being able to do multiple things. Yeah, Dane Brugler's guide, again, it's called The Beast. It's through The Athletic. If you do not get this, you need to get it because it gives you a comprehensive breakdown of a lot of things. Uh, uh, just a couple quick anecdotes here to add to your McPherson takes, Mike, which it's it's important to note. He started out at Penn State, went to the same high school as Christian Darisol there, uh, the elite tackle prospect, first-round tackle prospect in D.C., goes to Penn State, never really finds the field as a starter special teams guy, goes to Texas Tech uh, 2019 and 2020, Starts essentially every game as a field corner, which is particularly interesting to me, Mike, because they're replacing a field corner in this defense and Terrence Mitchell. So that will be something they will be of interest. Did a little bit of nickel for them as well. He is the 16th ranked quarterback. Dane gives him a fourth round grade. You guys know I really respect Dane's grades, having him on recently. And uh, yeah, a, a very intriguing fit now. Just turned 23. Uh, so that's kind of where we're talking about the age guardrail stuff. But if you took... If you took Jordan Elliott, you really liked him. He turned 23 in November. Can you bend six or seven months if it's a corner you really like and you think it's a guy who you believe can step on the field and be a, a player that you wouldn't fear playing week one? That's, right. what, that's what's interesting to me. So I like McPherson. Good name. I think he can be a, a particularly interesting player in a late round, fourth, fifth round pick. Go ahead. One thing I'll add real quick is when I talked to him after the Hula Bowl, and we had been in communication. He told me what his unofficial training numbers were. And a lot of guys will kind of puff those up. His were mm -hmm. spot on. He told me low 4-4. I got a 41-inch vert. And I'm going to hit a, a low, like, low, like not low, but sort of a, a high-end uh, three-cone. And he did that. And you see those those hips, that silky silky smooth hips on, on tape, man. It's it, it's just refreshing to hear a guy, like, know exactly what he's going to test because he's kind of dialed into that, right? Yeah, and, and – just consider names that you have heard on this pod or, you know, mainstream names that, that Dane hasn't graded above. Thomas Graham out of Oregon, Trey Brown, the Oklahoma kid, Marco Wilson from Florida, St. Juice from Minnesota, Sean Wade. He's out in front of Sean Wade. He's out in front of Elijah Griffin from USC, Darren Hall. He's in front of some real names in this class that people are consistently talking about. So there is respect on McPherson's name. So do not be surprised if come pick 132, come pick 169, they take this young man. Just keep that in mind. See if we can get this slideshow moving on. Hit me with your next guy. All right. Another guy who I think, again, if we're if we're going to go outside the rails and if some of the rumors are true today and the Browns are thinking about trading up, I think some of the the, the ideals about those rails might get shaken up a little bit this year in, in the form of aggression and maybe not side of the age guardrail, but we'll see where that all shakes out. But uh, Chauncey Golson is a guy that stuck out to me immediately when I turned down the tape for the Senior Bowl. Um, I saw a dude with some – superior superior active hands he does a lot of great things with his hands creates space allows him to get in and squeeze gaps allows him to pressure the quarterback he's been really consistent in that area um you know across his career uh, i think he's had uh, 18 and a half sacks and um uh, eight tackles for loss over the last two seasons out there in iowa and he's got an 84 inch wingspan and i think that the thing that's really crazy about him is he got 10 pass breakups and three interception in his career so for a defensive lineman that can play inside, he can play outside, he's got active hands, he gets after the quarterback, can do things in the backfield. He's also 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So got a really good ability, an instinctual ability to get his hands up in the passing lane. And I think when we look at what the Browns want to do and we look at what we heard from uh, Nathan Zagura today, again, in his interview with Joe Woods, that sort of uh, that quartet that they want to play up front, a lot of those guys can do multiple things, right? They can go inside and outside. And so I think what really impressed me with Chauncey Golston, again, is his ability to do that. So if, if we're going to go for a late round guy who has versatility, who can get some pressure on the quarterback, um, I really like what, what he brings. And I really like the, the thought process of putting him under really any of the developmental guys that we bring in on the defensive line, putting them under the tutelage of those four guys that are going to be running out in front of them. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. First team All-Big Ten in 2020, started all eight games, team captain, led them in sacks. I mean, he gets overshadowed by that that defensive front. Davion Nixon gets a lot of the credit, uh, or at least a lot of the mainstream push. So I'm interested, man. He's a 16th-ranked edge. Kind of weird that you picked the first two guys are ranked 16 for Dane in that fourth round, third, fourth round area, which is, you know, uh, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, Quincy Roche, Jordan Smith from UAB, Cam Sample, Tulane. He's out in front of uh, Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame. He's out in front of Ellerson Smith, who a lot of people like. So – He's got real range here. He's got to write that that probably that fourth, fifth, sixth round range. Uh, probably not an explosive guy, but if you get into this spot, you're looking at a guy who can find a way to win through effort. And if they if they take that effort and they take that and convert it into some moves and some ways to win in the league, you got an answer there. He is 23, just turned 23, not an old 23, a young 23 right now. Uh, we'll see. It's another guy who's right on that cusp. So um, good player though. It's a good name to bring up because I have not heard a single soul talk about him. Another guy you like coming off the edge, a little older, again, in that 23, mid-23. or Sorry, he's not 23 yet. Kunzi here is uh, 23, May 5th, so he got, he's got a little bent here. Go ahead. Yeah, so this guy, I mean, you can see from the, the photo here, he's a little bit undersized just in terms of his frame. I, I, I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to fill that out. I don't think he's going to be a, you know, a three-down type of edge player. I think he's going to be more of a specialist. But what I noticed on tape for him is – He's got a really good ability to, to convert speed to power, and he's got a great ability to use his hands, again, to get free. I think he I forget what he measured with his arm length, but you can see it in use on his tape from clip to clip. I dropped a couple of those on Twitter, 
And I mean, his ability again to get around the edge and get to the quarterback with with quickness um, is is very evident on on the tape. He's a high production guy. His market share is through the roof, um, not just this season, but in general throughout his career. Uh, he, he's just produced. So take a guy that again has those traits and can flash those abilities as a pass rush guy with that production. Um, and if you can get again past that age guard rail. There's just for, for me, he's dripping with potential and, and fits that same sort of mold as Golston, where you bring him in under this room and he gets to learn under Miles Garrett and he gets to learn under, you know, uh, Clowney and he gets to learn under Tack for a year and then sort of spread his wings after that. I think he could be a valuable piece uh, again to that puzzle. Uh, maybe not a, a core piece, but a valuable piece of the puzzle. 33 and three eighths arms, 22 and a half tackles for loss, 18 sacks his career. Last two seasons. First team All Mac led the Mac in sacks in 19. Led the team in forced fumbles. Uh, led team in sacks in 2020 uh, and, and tackles for loss. Like you mentioned, hyper productive. He is ranked. That Dane does have him relatively low. He's the 33rd ranked uh, edge player. But I think some of it, you know, is is size related things. He's six two and some change. Just just pushing 250. There's yeah. some things like that, but I do like this line at the very end of Dane's summary here, which is his upfield acceleration and violent hands are intriguing building blocks for a sub-package rusher. So that yeah. is the type of role he would be, a sub-package rusher type. So uh, good insights on Kunsi. Let's keep going here. Uh, who do we have next? I'm actually drawing mm-hmm. a blank on who we have next. Oh, Austin Watkins. Talk to me about him, wide receiver. Yeah, so Austin Watkins is the cousin of, of Sammy Watkins, and in that same sort of mold, if you will, I mean, he's not going to wow you with his elite speed or his elite traits, but he's just a damn good football player. And again, another guy who I had seen some flashes of before the Senior Bowl, but when I got to see him at the Senior Bowl and saw saw his tape there, it just sort of solidified the the things that I had noticed from him before. I mean, he's able to get get free at all levels. He's got really good route tree. He's got the, the ability to, to just create separation. And again, you saw that against some, some higher talent at the senior bowl. Uh, again, he's, he's not going to be a true deep threat. He's more of like a possession receiver. I could kind of see him as like a, a Michael Thomas light or something like that, right? Just the ability to, to be that possession, big body guy, that my guy mentality, my ball mentality. He definitely, definitely showcases that as soon as you tur- turn on his tape, He's, he's, he's got that type of like NFL body already. He's ready to play against the big boys. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think if he gets into a, a position, again, with his age where you draft him on day three, he's, he's, he's a good alternative if, again, if the other guys aren't there that you're going for a, a possession type of wide receiver. Um, I don't know how well he would fit in terms of what the Browns are looking for. I think we're looking for more – you know, deep threats, but if we're looking for someone to come in uh, on a lesser contract to sort of replace the, the, I guess, the the route trees and the snaps that uh, Landry would give us in that same sort of mold, um, I think Austin Watkins is a good sort of guy to keep an eye on. <clears throat> so Watkins a little older. I'm trying to look this up. I saw somebody who was a significant receiver in the NFL – I mean, through week four, Austin Watkins had the highest grade this past year, pro football focus. I'm just looking through some things. There was somebody who was really good to respectable receiver in the league who ranked Watkins in his top five of the entire class. I cannot find it. Um, but that was where I was like, hang on, I need to watch some of this guy. He's ranked 31st, which is uh, – it sounds bad, but there's a plethora of 61 wide receivers. So they got him as a six-round grade for Dane. 
Um, he's got him ahead of some guys that we've talked a lot about. Amir Smith-Marset from Iowa. Uh, Tyler Bonds we've brought up. Wap Filer we brought up. Uh, he's ahead of Amater Bebe. He's, a, he's ahead of some guys, Isaiah McCoy, that we've talked about. Uh, a little older. He did two years of community college in, in Dodge City in Kansas there. Uh, but has produced really well. Second team All-Conference USA, junior year, first team All-Conference USA, uh, the team in receiving after he opted out a little bit. So um, his trustworthy ball skills, physical presence should make him a chain-moving possession target the next level. I think that plays into a little bit of what you're talking about with, um, um, you know, the, the 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 Michael Thomas comparison. I think that can be a little bit of a similar mold. He's got, he's got a physical build to him. He definitely looks like a grown man uh, playing at the level he was playing. So, Late, late, uh, late player there. That if they if they punt on receiver and the value doesn't align early, they could make a move there. So he's also last a, a really yeah. engaging blocker. He's, he's also a really engaging blocker. Sorry, he just if that's something that's important to this offense out on the outside, which I think it is, a player like that who's willing to just demolish the guy in front of him uh, with consistency. I think that that would lend itself to the run game, obviously, of Cleveland. So just wanted to point that out. Good point. Good point. Let's talk about your last guy here. Um, especially good point, too, when you're looking down the line at certain guys they have to replace in the coming years. You know, you're going to need physical blocking receivers, too. Guys right. aren't afraid. Talk about Darius Washington, our last one here. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, overshadowed by his teammate, right? Well, not just that, not just like literally and physically overshadowed. I mean, he's he's five foot eight, right? So he's a, he's a small player. So just right away, that's going to concern some teams. It concerns me in terms of how you value him. But I think another guy coming from a program that you're you have defensive backs who flat foot and can play that that zone game and, and are, are good sort of clicking and closing uh, has great instincts, um, can really close on the football. It, for as small as he is, I think he's he plays with a like a with that dog mentality. He lays the lumber on certain certain occasions. Um, obviously, his size is going to be a limitation, not just in the run game, but in, in the pass game. But uh, for all of those limitations, he's had 12 pass breakups in the last two seasons. Um, I think he had five interceptions, not this year, but the year before. So, I mean, he has ball production. And he's, again, I, I don't want to make a, a player comparison and say he kind of reminds me of like Tyrion. But in that way, in that finds a way to get to the ball, has high IQ, um, is able to, to to read the play before it happens. He's a guy that that sticks out to me. Uh, he essentially, in the way I would project him in Cleveland, again, if we get past some of those those guardrails, I would see him coming in and kind of being the understudy for Troy Hill and eventually taking over in the slot. Yeah, that's where that's where Dane projects. He was the eighth highest graded safety ahead of you know plenty of guys we've talked about. We had. Uh, AJ Schultion talked about Derek Force from Cincinnati. He's ahead of Trill Williams. He's ahead of um, your boy Afanga. Uh, he's he's ahead of some names in this safety list. He is only 21 and some change. He's not old, so this is on the younger side. But there are some size issues, like you said. He's 5'8", 176. I think folks thought he was going to run a little bit better. He ran a 4'6". I yeah, think that's I some people a little. Yeah, I think that's concerned people a little bit. So, um, but that doesn't define the player. He gets to top speed fast and he's shifty, not afraid to play the run game. I definitely agree with that. And when you watch Trevon Merrick, he pops too, man. Like he is undeniably a good football player that you get your eye catches him. And the production is there, even though he did not have an interception uh, this past season, the five passes defended. I'm sure when you look at how many targets actually came his way, it's a solid metric. So um, good football player who I think many people have slept on. 
And if they get to the 91-110 range and want a player they think can come in and play right away at a young age, I think he's of interest. So I'm going to open the floor, Mike. I, I, we've talked about all of the guys that we can talk about that are hidden guys. Talk to me about what you love about all three of your big names that we have talked about. Talk to me about Bateman, what sells you on Bateman at 26. Talk to me what sells you on um, you know, Osai at even 26, if that's crazy enough, or moving up in the second round to go get him. Or, you know, a fango last. Like, what do you love about those three guys? I want you to make sure you get your your time to, to sell what you love about them. Right on. Yeah, we'll, we'll make we'll make some of our, our Twitter followers happy. They they're wanting me to talk about Hafango, or they're or they're joking with me, either or. But um, Rashard Bateman. So yeah, I mean, this dude just jumped out. If you follow me, you know, since last May, I've been kind of pounding the table, saying I think this guy is one of the best wide receivers in in the class. Period. I think I, I even went as far as to ask people like, if you had the choice to take Devonta Smith or Rashard Bateman, why wouldn't you take Bateman first? I mean, I put that out there. That's a spicy take, I know. Um, and if you follow me, you sort of know where I sit with the the size concern and the size risk with Smith. But Rashard Bateman, I think, just is one of one of the most easy separators in this class. He's got just electric feet. Uh, silky smooth ability to 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 cut in and out of routes to sell the routes with those subtle sort of next level movements with his head with his shoulders uh, is able to just pop free accelerates through routes is it just plucks the ball with ease just a lot of the things not just out in front of him but above him behind him he he's able to adjust while in route and then I think the thing that we saw at at the um, I forget what what the non pro day event was was it Axios or wh- whatever that was. Yeah. Exos, Exos. He, I mean, he, he ran a ridiculous speed, right? And, and I saw that on tape. I just don't think his quarterback was able to deliver that deep threat to him consistently. Although I think not this year in 2020, but in 2019, he was one of the highest yard per catch guys. I think he still had even more juice in the tank, if you will, if his quarterback saw him on a bunch of the routes that he didn't get the ball. So for, for me, I, I just look at him and I, I just saw one of the best wide receivers. I still see it. And, you know, for the Browns, if you want to add a little bit of buzz around it, just yesterday he was what tweeted out a picture with with OBJ. So he and OBJ are working together, talking together, training together, whatever it is. Uh, he's picking the brain of OBJ. And, you know, that's just got to I don't know that that just brought uh, some joy to my life over here. Some hope that maybe at 26 <laughs> he could be the guy. Yeah, well, keep going, man. Talk talk about I mean, I love Bateman. I it's I've done a little study on here. If he's 26 and some of the other names that we think they might be more interested go, I'm I am more more than fine with him and 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 I think he's going to be just an all around. I don't want to see him in Baltimore. It's one of my yeah, bigger fears is, sure. is him arriving in Baltimore. So, talk about Osai, man. I th- I think he's he's fast. Yeah, Stephen makes a good point about Bateman that it, it's been brought up several times. He he fought COVID hard in 2020 and that's why oh. he opted out toward the end so if you're if you're wondering why if you look at the number metric and you product well there's a reason why that happened 20 pound weight loss some of those other things so um yeah yeah move move on let's let's talk about your your next guy sure so uh joseph asai i mean that's the other guy who last year i messaged you like hey i don't know if you saw this guy but he's kind of you know kind of popped off to me here and he made that transition from linebacker to edge so a couple things there. If you're looking for a player who can crash down the middle or who can rush on the edge, um, I think he's versatile. Um, he can also drop in coverage. So again, he brings a lot of a versatility across the line. You don't have to kind of pigeonhole him into one spot. And then when you look at his athletic testing, just off the charts, you look at his production, 
again, in one of those other market share beasts, um, it, it's kind of hard to to look at him, what he did in that transition from linebacker to edge, look at what you saw on tape. Yeah, there was a couple games where maybe he struggled. But again, first year in that position, you look at, I think, how nuanced he was with, again, his hand usage and ability to get to get free. Um, I think he's got decent bend. Uh, and then you look at his production, you look at all those things in his first year at edge at a, at a young age. And I just think the arrow is pointed way up for him. Um, I think he gets slighted for not being able to set the edge, but in my film study, he, he showed that ability more often than not. Um, so I think it's there. Um, I don't think, again, he's not a Miles Garrett type bender, but I think once again, once he clears hands, he has the ability to dip that shoulder and, and get around and run that arc at the quarterback. So again, for, for me, uh, I just, at 26, if you're, let's just say, if you're thinking about a, a guy like Rousseau at 26, who for me seems like a really big projection, uh, just when I watch the snaps, I watch him get washed out a whole lot uh, across way too many snaps. Um, and, and if I had to choose between those guys at 26, I'm taking Osai all day, every day. Um, I, I don't know if the Browns would per se. Again, I don't know what uh, and, and what our needs are going to be or how we're going to approach edge, but I would be willing to take him um, at 26 without a doubt. Yeah. Listen, as far as guys go that, that play hard, man, like you won't find a guy who plays harder and a guy who gives you more effort and a guy who could use the tutelage of Clowney and, and, and miles Garrett and learn some tricks to what are already some naturally gifted traits and apply them as a guy who's not going to see the best tackle or he's going to be a sub package guy early could right. be a ton of fun, man. So don't feel like if they take a sigh at 26 or maybe they move up or, or, or say he falls to them at 59 in some realm, I would just don't be disappointed. I think they're getting a hell of a football player in some capacity wherever they get him. I don't know what the – it's so hard, Mike, to know how they're grading these guys, and I think some people right. are going to fall, fall that we're not expecting and some people are going to jump up that we're not expecting. So it's hard for me to – I could see Osai going 26. I could see him going 59, man. It could yeah. be anywhere, so it, right. it should be interesting. Lastly, Hafanga, talk to people about where they can – got some great Twitter threads on him too, man. Yeah, dude, thanks. I mean, this is another guy around that same time frame last year. Uh, I came across all these guys mostly in like the same sort of board session of, of film watching in the middle of the year that we had last year. And, um, yeah, I mean, he jumped out right away. I said it back in the day. And I know a lot of people have echoed it since, and I'm not saying he's the same player, but just the way he plays reminded me at the time of Troy Polamalu. And then come to find out through my draft research, I mean, he actually has been training with Troy Polamalu since high school. So those those characteristics, the way he reads the game, for me, it's it's there. You can't you can't deny it. You can see how instinctual he is. You can see how he comes down uh, to fill the lane, fill a gap with, with his hair on fire. And then just absolutely makes plays. He he does that. And he comes with some concerns. He's got some shoulder issues, um, some some surgeries. I think he broke his collarbone twice. Uh, so those are definitely red flags. But when I look at the player, man, I just see a guy who again he reads the game faster than everybody else. And I think it was I can't I can't remember who did the the interview with him, but I, I guess he played quarterback as well in the past. And so for for me. I, I, that made sense. It just sort of connected the dots. It's like, how is this guy a step ahead of everybody else? And he makes these plays to kind of make up for, I mean, he's a four, six guy, so he's not a blazer, but he's there before the play is even there. And that's what just amazes me. Every single game I've watched, he is always around the ball. 
And I just think that stuff is hard to coach, and I don't see it a lot when I when I watch players. Um, you just don't see that level of production and that level of like being in the right place at the right time consistently. And mm-hmm. so it, it's just hard for me to deny that guy. And if if again if he gets medical clearance at the right value at the right place, I could see him to be a perfect fit. And we've talked about it. Everyone started to talk about him sort of filling in that rover Ronnie Harrison role. And again, that's that's perfect. I mean, get him in that role. Um, you don't have to force him in into the scene this year, but if he comes in and can make plays, great. But I just a, a guy and a player like that, I just I would pound the table for for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a great selling point. And you've been doing it for a while, and I'm sold. If they take him, I'd love it because I think that they need safety help more than a lot of people are talking about. Because there's some, you know, Ronnie's on his last year of a rookie deal, and Grant is going to be eased back in. So you got to get guys right. who can make plays from that role. And you talked about Washington in this spot, and you now talked about. Uh, Hafanga, who I, I think both could be impact players in this secondary, and McPherson at the beginning, man. So great, great insight, Mike. Listen, tell people where they can can read, find your work. Uh, I, I know, give them your Twitter feed, and then and then make sure to talk about where they can listen to you on a regular basis. Yeah, um, you can find me at, on Twitter at uh, at Hawaii Browns Hui. That's H U I. Uh, that's the the Hawaiian word for a gathering. So. Anyways, we can go around that. Anytime you have a question, let me know. But you can find me there. And then I'm also the uh, the co-host, or I guess now the, the host of uh, Nothing But The Dogs podcast. Uh, we are in season three or four. I can't remember. I think we're, we're flipping the page over to season four. And so, yeah, just uh, appreciate you having me on, dude. This has been a blast. Yeah, anytime, Mike. You're good people, man. I tell anybody I meet that you're one of the best in this uh, community, bro. So I appreciate you taking time, man, taking time for me, taking time for the listeners of this pod. And listen, guys, check back in. This is the end of this week's episodes. We are going to come back next week with our final mock draft the day before the draft, Wednesday night. We got our live show all day. Mike will be swinging by at some point. Our live show during the draft Thursday. Um, and then we'll come in two hours on Friday and have a live show during that section of day two where the Browns make their three picks as of right now, make their three picks on day two. So a lot of fun stuff, a hell of a week coming ahead. You guys have been great. I think we're at the like 30,000 podcast alone listens this past month. So it's ridiculously great information being passed to you. You guys are listening. We had over 55 to 75 people during this live show. It's 10 o'clock. You guys are savages. I love you Browns fans, man. We are pumped to, to, to see this team get better this week. So thanks for checking in. And as usual, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.